Podcast One. Do you ever wish you'd started a business in your teens that turned over your first 100 grand? Or maybe there's a young person in your life who needs a little business inspiration. Either way, get ready to have your spirits lifted by young Josh Appitz, who launched his burgeoning sunscreen business at the ripe old age of 15. Not 5015. It's a wish I'd gone and done that when I was younger, episode 516 of the award-winning Small Business Big Marketing Podcast. Yeah, I said, welcome to a small business marketing show where successful small business owners share their souls to take your marketing straight to the lead. Now, here's your host, Mr. Timbo Reed. And welcome back to your weekly dose of slip-slop-slap marketing. I'm your host, Timbo Reed. you infinitely more importantly, are a motivated business owner and you are well and truly ready to crank out some great marketing to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire it deserves to be. Big episode today. Young Josh Appitz joins us from the sunny Gold Coast to share why and how he launched Seagull Milk when most young people his age are surfing, studying and scrolling, (laughs) mainly scrolling. This week's motivated listener is benefiting hugely from customer reviews thanks to a tip picked up on this show. And I let you in on next week's guest who's taking on the top end of town in one of the most competitive markets going around. As per usual, team, there's marketing G-O-L-D dripping from the ceiling over here at Small Business Big Marketing's HQ. So let's get stuck right in. Righto, hands up if you are ready to be inspired. Two years ago, aged 15, Josh Appitz founded Seagull Milk. It's a sunscreen and he founded it for two reasons. One, as a surfer, he couldn't find a sunscreen that wasn't greasy, didn't sting his eyes or harm his body through toxic ingredients. And two, he discovered that his family history had been heavily impacted by skin cancer. Now, this is a great story of a young fellow chasing his entrepreneurial dream. And whilst he doesn't have all the answers just yet, I'm guessing the business and marketing insights you're about to hear (laughs) weren't bouncing around inside your head as you navigated your way through puberty. They certainly weren't bouncing around mine. I had much more important things to wrap my head around. (laughs) Yeah, you guessed it. I started off by asking Josh a most confronting question. How many seagulls were milked in the making of seagull milk sunscreen? Between my friends and I, like, we joke about it, but uh, there's definitely no (laughs) seagulls milked. I'm glad to announce that, otherwise our vegan clientele wouldn't be too too terribly happy with us. And look, if you do figure out how to milk a seagull, there's a whole new business over there anyway. Isn't seagull milk slang for seagull poo? Yeah. We've had a lot of people come up to us with that impression. And yeah, it's a good icebreaker for a business to start. A lot of people come up to us and they're quite, they're quite confused and we have to sort of educate them a bit, have a bit of fun. But I guess that's, that's the whole point behind it, to have a bit of fun. So yeah, we enjoy it. What other names did you consider, Josh? Oh, I had a couple really lame ones. I had like Avoca, 
I don't know, I just kept seeing Evoker everywhere. I'm like, oh, that could be kind of cool. But it's just, it just doesn't like ting a bell. Yeah, funny story. My, we were just surfing, my friends and myself. And we went down to Byron Bay and I had the idea for Seagull Milk. And at this point, didn't have the, the idea for the name. And I was sort of brainstorming with my friends. I'm like, I don't know what we should call it, guys. Like, help me out here. And so one of my closest friends, Josiah, he, we were in the car and we we're just chucking names around. And all of a sudden he just bubbles out seagull milk and we're just like what the heck like where the heck did that come from and then next minute we just find ourselves fully laughing the whole way tri- whole trip down to Byron Bay and the rest is sort of history it's sort of stuck and talked about it to a couple of people and then a couple of months later they're like oh that seagull milk and we just realized it was the one it stuck in people's head and they just didn't forget it so love it mate yeah. and, there's a st- and there's a story around it we all know how there important is. storytelling is in marketing you, you were a 15 year old bloke this is two years ago now two and a half years ago where most 15-year-old blokes are focused on getting a tan. You <laughs> decided to create a sunscreen and stop them getting a tan. What yep. was going on there? Why? Well, yeah, I was sort of in that boat as well. I was guilty of wanting to go on tan. I had a pretty tan body back then, but a lot has changed since then. <laughs> but, yeah, my sort of story was my fa- I've come from a family affected by skin cancer. My grandparents have had skin cancer. My dad's had skin cancer. My mum recently had a skin cancer chopped out. So it's been like a generational family issue. And so for me, I've always been aware, especially in Australia, um, as any Aussie would be, the sun here is just so strong and especially in Queensland. So for me, sun safety's always been like top of priority, especially when it comes to protecting your health. Um, my family's been very health conscious from day dot, like been doing natural products. Um, we like we're well aware around the chemicals and everything like that. So for us, it's been a big part of our life. As a 15 year old bloke, were you like actively looking to start a business? Oh no, heck no. I wanted to be a tradie, typical, typical tradie carpenter. So I had no, nothing in the world that sparked my interest in getting into business. There was nothing. I was just pure, like, you know, work hard, get a job, no entrepreneurial mind. Like I had a bit of an entrepreneurial mindset. Like I would, as far as it would go, it would be buying surfboards off Gumtree, trying them out because I couldn't afford buying brand new surfboards off the start. So I would just buy secondhand ones off Gumtree, ride them. If I liked them, I would keep them. If I didn't, I would like repair them, make them look fresh, take really nice photos and then sell them, make a profit and then invest in a new board that I thought I would like. So I was sort of entrepreneurial like that, but never did I ever think I would fully get full-time into business. Okay, so what is the spark that encouraged you to actually go, there's an idea there, okay, you're from a skin cancer affected family. Mm. You've come up with an idea for sun cream no shortages of sun cream on the market. We'll talk about that <laughs> yeah. in, a, in a minute. Yeah. So what forced you or encouraged you or inspired you to take that step and register a business? I mean, that, that was a lot of things at the time. Like um, I remember I was coming out of year eight and a lot of my friends were reading books like just Rich Dad, Poor Dad, um, you know, Be Obsessed or Be Average by Grant Cardone. It was all these like little entrepreneurial friends of mine and they were all just like looking around, you know, we all, so we're in our sort of tight group. We all played rugby together and stuff and we were just sort of having a look at what's out there, obviously at that age, just sort of exploring the world. And so I sort of got hung up with those guys and I was talking to one of my friends, his name's Dakota, and he was reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad at the time and I picked up that book and it's inspired me so much. I'm like, holy crap, like, 
you know, I didn't know a world outside of just working hard and, you know, getting a job. I didn't even know investing existed in properties and stuff. And from that point, I was like, man, as soon as I become a tradie, I'm just going to like save my money and invest it in, in property. And that was my sort of strategy plan because I knew that, yeah, investing was a big part of, you know, wealth and success and especially financial success. So that sort of got me on my journey of thinking differently to, I guess, the standard typical go to uni, get a job or go to TAFE and get a job. So... Did you have that a few sort of, business ideas in mind or, or would the sunscreen thing just was like, it was an obvious one for you? Oh, at the time. So when it all started, um, so after that, I sort of, yeah, just became more and more aware that I was interested in business or interested, in, like had an entrepreneurial mindset and I wanted to do something or, you know, harness my passion and not work for someone else. I'm very, I've come from a family where that's sort of, you know, the way be the 3% different, um, which is, I'm being super blessed with. What do you mean by be the 3% different? So the world's sort of programmed that you go to school, do well in school, pass school, you know, fit the system, get an OP or ATAR at my age. And then you go to uni, study, pay a tuition, get a job. And then just that's how life rolls. And so for me, um, I've always been until I got to the right age where I could fully understand how life sort of works and looking around and seeing what other people were doing, I sort of realized that you know, there's another way to life. There's like this 3% that are doing it differently and pulling off really, really cool things. And they're living life, I guess, on like risking, looks like they're risking it all, but they're just like living passionately and doing what they love to do. And so for me, I was like, man, that would be so cool to do. Like, I don't want to have to work for, you know, someone else. And everyone always talks about like, you know, whose dreams are you working for? Are you working for someone else's or are you working for your own? And I'm like, you know, I've got my own, I'm, I'm quite a very creative person. And I'm like, I want to, I want to do things like that are like heartfelt for me, like, you know, helping kids that don't have dads. Cause that was a thing that sort of my fair, I've come from like my dad left when I was a really young kid. And so if that was a big pain issue for me and I'm like, man, you know, I don't want to go and be a tradie. Like I want to go and empower like kids like me who have come from, I guess, um, not as privileged households where we've had to work for our family and like empower them that they can, you know, have a successful life and it doesn't matter where they start, you know, it matters where they end up. So that was sort of the 3% mind shift click that I had. And I'm like, man, like there's so much more to life and it's all just perspective from then on. And I was just getting more and more perspective from more and more people. And that's sort of where it started. Beautifully said, Josh. Wow. Uh, you have the idea for Seagull Milk. You go, I'm going to turn this into a business. At this point, yeah. you are at school, at a school. You decide yeah. to become homeschooled. Why that decision? What? Why did that help you launch the business? Um, there was a couple, a couple reasons. Um, of course, like time was a big thing for me. I didn't want to waste my time at school. I felt like it was very restrictive. I had to as any kid would do homework I had all these commitments I had to do and I just found it wasn't the right environment for me to be around especially yeah my friends and stuff I just found um not to be judgmental but they were just they weren't top thinking like oh they weren't thinking at the same level at, at that time like there's a couple but it was very it wasn't a like big open discussion like let's be world changers it was more like we're in the system and I'm like I just gotta I just gotta be me and go and do my own thing so that was one key reason and it sort of just flowed from there. I was like, okay, homeschool would be the best option. I, I know I've got the discipline to be able to do school by myself and, you know, run a business at that time as well. Um, obviously, my mum was a big help at that current point because I was, yeah, year eight, year nine. So I didn't really know what I was doing. And as I said, like I didn't come from a, a business knowledgeable background. I just sort of 
got inspired and was like, I want to do this and then just went full in sort of thing. And so I had a lot of help from like mentors and from parents at the start, but then I just sort of full, took on full responsibility and yeah, now it is where it is today. So you, you go, you're 15 years old, you go and tell your mates, family and friends that you're going to yeah. start a sun cream business. I imagine there was some naysayers, a bit of negativity around. What did that sound like and how did you react to it? Yeah, I was kind of fortunate. Like, obviously there was negativity, but a lot of my friends were actually quite receptive to the idea, um, especially the ones that were reading those books and like being having those top knowledge things. They sort of just saw that, you know, my actions speak louder and like this kid's actually doing it. Like, you know, we've been reading about this and he's actually doing it. Like they just, I got a lot of respect from them. And then the other guys, they just sort of washed me off. They were like, oh, you know, just go and do your thing. There was no real negativity. It was more just like, you know, no, like there's no expectation. Like we don't know what's going to happen. Like we're not sure if you're going to fail, if you're going to succeed, if you get both, like great. Like, you know, we're still going to know you, you know, we're still friends and I was totally fine with that. So I didn't really have too much negativity, which I was kind of blessed with because I'm quite, yeah, I think if that had have happened, I probably wouldn't have had more confidence going into it. Tell us about your mum. Describe your mum to us. Yeah, mum, oh, my mum's an amazing person. Like obviously as any son would to their mum, like, you know, you owe everything to them. So, um, yeah, she's an amazing person. She's been here for me since day one, um, supporting me every dream, every step of the way. What does that look like, Josh? It looks like just like being there for you when you need it most, like emotionally, like this isn't business. This is just real life stuff. Like, you know, if I was having a tough day, she'd sit down with me and be like, what's going on? Let's talk it through. Like, don't bottle it up, get it out. Like, you know, that sort of person for me, it was real like a go-to person where I could just talk my feelings, which I don't think a lot of kids fortunately have. Um, They have to go to like a mentor or like a a small group leader or like some sort of influence in their life. But for me, it was my mum and a couple other people. But yeah, my mum's sort of been the rock because she's been my fan, like part of my family, my mother, my whole life. So, you know, if I had an idea and she's like, "You, you know, are you serious about this? And I sort of had that confidence that she's going to back me up if I if I pursue it. So, yeah, it's been that sort of rock bottom. You don't need to name names, but the other mentors, yeah. family members, um, oh. business people that you looked up for and approached. Yeah, business, personal, um, you know, church, everything like that. There's been a lot of people. Um, but it, for business, yeah, there have been um, people like um, Bob Hurley, he hasn't really mentored me, but he's just like sort of inspired me and shown me things. He's so Bob Hurley, he's the founder of Hurley. We were talking about Rip Curl before. So he's the CEO founder of that company. I got in contact with him. You just reached out to him? Yeah, I DM'd him on Instagram. <laughs> I said, hey, Bob, like, this is me. <laughs> um, you know, I'm super inspired. Like, let's catch up. And he's like, let's do it. And that's as simple as it was. And I was like, what the heck happened? Like, you know, just actions speak louder. So, Did yeah. he tell you what to do? Do you just ask him questions? Do you just use him as a bit of a, a sounding board? Oh, with Bob, I was like, I was just using him for like inspiration. And obviously he's been there, like since he's raised a multi-million, hundred million more plus company. I'm like, geez, like this guy knows what he's doing. So I'm like, I used him for inspiration. I'm like, how did you do this? Like, you know, what would you do if you're in my step? Like I'm here you know, what would you do and stuff like that. But there's been like other like um, mentors that have been there day dot, like, you know, helping me. We've been a part of programs and stuff like that. And they've been a huge support. And, you know, it's just a process. Like you, I look back at when I was 15, I'm like, man, I've grown so much since then. And like, it was because of those people. And two years later? 
yeah, two two years later, I was yeah, seeing about the other day. I'm like, crap. So <laughs> you've got the idea for seagull milk. What's the first thing you do? Do you you've got a name? So you got you, you got a name. Yeah. In terms of a product, I mean. Like I said earlier, no shortage of sun creams on the market. Yeah. And there's some big boys out Such there. Trendy. We've got the Ca- Cancer Council product. We've got Banana Boat, to name yeah. two of the bigger ones. Yeah. Um, w- why was seagull milk going to be any different? No one knows it started by a 15-year-old, so you're not going to get kind of any sympathy purchases. Um, yeah. That sounds terrible, but you know what I mean. No, at, yeah, at the start we did, but I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, what, what's your point of difference? Um, so my point of difference, obviously, as I said before, come from a family, like that doesn't mean anything in the marketplace unless you can portray that really well. You know, my story of coming from a skin cancer affected family, but the different, the key at the start, like it's changed like so much since then, but at the start it was purely innovation. That was our biggest marketing point of view because, um, my problem with sunscreen and the reason why it all sort of started is because I hated wearing it as much as I knew I should have. I hated it just like every other 15 year old does. They just want to go and get a tan. They want to look good, which I totally respect because that was me at one point, but I just hated wearing it. Same with a lot of other people. It's greasy. It's thick. It stings your eyes. It's got full of, depends on what brand you choose, but majority of them have full of crappy chemicals and stuff like that. And I was, yeah, very passionate about, you know, not wearing it. Like I would go out for surfs long periods of the day and just, you know, swear by not wearing it. But I knew I had to, and that's sort of where it started. I was like, okay, I want to make something that I want to wear. That's not greasy. That's not thick, like the natural sunscreens that I was wearing because our family was health, you know, conscious. And so that's sort of how it all started. I knew that I wanted it to be healthy I knew I wanted it to be like, you know, non-greasy because I like a lot of the natural ones are just so thick and gross. And if you've tried it before, you'd know what I mean. It leaves you white. It's just disgusting. Such a put off. So I was like, there's, you know, two and three Aussies are supposed to get skin cancer and, you know, there's heaps of chemical versions and stuff, but there's none that are naturally appealing to put on. So I want to, I want to fit in that space. So it was at the start, innovation, but obviously it's changed. So then what do you do? Do you go and find, do you Google industrial chemist or (laughs) how do you come up with a formula? It's actually as simple as that. That's actually what I did. (laughs) So a lot, yeah, I get asked this question so much. They're like, you know, we we still have people think that I just formulated in my my kitchen, that I'm like some egg grade. A bit of milk, a bit of seagull. Yeah. They think I'm like some proper like chemist that have studied like flipping biology and stuff. I'm like, dude, like I wouldn't know crap about that. Like, you know, I just do stuff. And so I, um, yeah, I Googled like sunscreen manufacturers, Australia. And, you know, I found the ones that I was interested or that appealed to me that were like, okay, these are the couple that I can approach that, um, you know, based off their brand and what they were portraying on their website, I, I was like, okay, these guys seem cool. They've been around for a long time. And there was a couple different brands. Um, I won't name them obviously, but there was like, you know, I think I had 10 to choose from and I ended up contacting five of them. Can asking, I just understand like, just, that a little bit more? Josh, so you just said you Googled Suncare brands. That says to me they're existing brands in the marketplace, which are more likely to be your competitor than someone that's going to help you formulate a new sunscreen. Oh, no, no, no. Sunscreen manufacturers. Okay. Not not brands. Yeah, yeah. Manufacturers. Um, but even if they're manufacturers, are they yes. creating product that is white labeled for others to buy and put their own brand on? Or are they- I mean, they- a couple of them were. Yeah. A couple of them were that I was contacting. Um, you know, obviously there was- like they're all TGA approved facilities. That's the number one thing that I didn't realize when they're starting a sunscreen company. Association. Yeah. Association. So it's a basic, it's a legal body that 
basically looks up, looks after the whole uh, pharmaceutical industry. Uh, and obviously being a sunscreen, you fit under that because what you put on your skin goes into your body. And so they've got to make sure that you're not putting poison in your sunscreen. So you shortlist these guys and yes. you ring a couple and say, my name's Josh Apitz. I am 15 years old and I've come up with this name called Seagull Milk, which is going to be a sunscreen brand. And I'd like you to help me formulate it. Um, yeah. What's it going to cost? Is that the conversation? <laughs> I mean, it's as pretty simple as that. Yeah, I'm kind of simple guy. <laughs> so a lot of people think I'm crazy, but yeah, that's it's pretty much what I did. I just, I just, yeah, contacted them. I'm like, look, this is me. I'm Josh. You know, I didn't, I didn't obviously like pitch myself to, uh, I wasn't that confident at the time in like business and whatever. I just said, Hey, you know, I've just checked out your website. You know, I like what you guys are doing. Hey, I'm thinking of starting a sunscreen. And then I just met, I just asked some criteria, like, can you make natural products? You know, how, what's the minimum water quantity? How much is cost per unit? Like all these simple things. And then obviously we just kept in contact through emails. And then after a while, I, I, for the couple that did, keep responding because obviously that like as processes go on people drop off and blah 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 which is totally normal and so for me there was a couple that stood out and got samples from them I said hey like you know if we're going to go through with this can I just make sure that like you know what you can do is actually what you can do so I asked for samples tried them out with my friends one stood out and yeah there are guys today so you, you didn't it. actually go and meet with these people and sit on <laughs> no. the bench with some petri dishes and beaker, beakers and Bunsen burners and go put a bit more of that in and 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 less of that and you didn't do nah, any of that. It's just like I, in the mail. No, I, I, nah, I told them. I said like, hey, um, this is my idea. Like, I want it to be like I, t- I told them. I said I don't want it to be greasy. I don't want it to sting my eyes. I want it to be like you know, good and clean ingredients. Um, and I wanted, to, and then eventually it came to the point where they're like, would you like to add vanilla fragrance in it? I'm like, sure, why not? Like who wouldn't like vanilla smelling sunscreen? A little bit so, of burnt orange would be great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like, yeah, just sort of, we worked together on it, I guess you could say, but the majority of, yeah, the idea and like, you know, they, they put it together, but it was my idea and that's sort of how we collaborated with the manufacturers. And yeah. in doing that, you then uh, finalise a formula. Um, yeah. You then obviously have to draw up some contracts to say to the this industrial chemist, I own that. You, yeah, you made it, but I own it. Is that right? Mm. Yes. Yeah, so like obviously there's a whole lot of back-end legality, confidentiality agreements, everything like that. So we had to go and do all that, which... At 15 years old, you don't really take too seriously. <laughs> but um, yeah, like there's just, there was so much I didn't even know existed, especially like for the industry I was choosing to go to. I had no idea like about anything. I didn't know, you know, you had to say you, you couldn't make false claims and everything like this. And um, looking back, <laughs> I, yeah, it's been a very crazy journey because at the start I was saying stuff that I shouldn't have been saying, like it was false claims and I didn't know that it was. I was just being a 15-year-old mucking around like I I am. Best hand ever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just stupid stuff and like, you know, I could get done for advertising claims and stuff. So you are going through that process. At the age of 15, you're coming up again to be working with industrial chemists. You're having to get legal documents drawn up. There's all this, there's, there's just so much stuff that you didn't plan on, didn't know about, (laughs) 
probably yep. some of it sent you cross-eyed and bored the pants off you, and it's like, man, <laughs> yeah. I, it's better off going back to school. What what do yeah. you draw on in that in those situations? Do you just go to your mum and go, mum, this is too hard, or do you what 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 inspiration or where do you draw on in order to keep going? For me, it was in that time like it did get very tiring. I didn't realize how big it was going to be. Like it's not a simple t-shirt printing business that you just get from China. Like it's a lot bigger than that. I didn't factor that in Um, and neither did my mentors because obviously they didn't know at the time either. And um, so we sort of just went in blind eye and we're like, okay, you know, we've committed, like my, um, how I think about it is, you know, I've started this thing. There's no point me stopping it because I've just wasted all this time, effort and energy trying to get it up. So I'm going to keep going through with it. And I'm a very long-term sort of picture guy. Like I, um, and a lot of my friends at this age don't quite understand like long-term picture and they like think I'm crazy and they're like, you know, you're wasting your time. But I, I know how this, the cycle works and stuff like that. And I know that it will pay off, you know, as long as I keep going with consistency. And so for me at that time, I was like, man, I, you know, I hate this. I wish like I could just restart. Like I, I, like it's just so big of a deal and I got school to do and like I've got friends to hang out with and this is just boring you know who wants to do all this crap and so I was like nah stuff it like I know that if I put in the effort if I pull this off like I knew the margins I was well like educated with numbers and stuff and I was like okay like this could be huge for me like at 15 years old if I was pulling in this like that would be pretty cool what's this oh it was like as in like specific numbers or like the margins and stuff yeah what Um, were you hoping was it I mean, like I was going through them and I'm like, man, like if I could pull off like, you know, 150K, like not that it is 150K, but like around that, like on my first run, like that would be crazy to do at 15. Like I wouldn't, and I had friends that obviously, you know, Will Deeth and he's been on this podcast before. He was a big influence on me at that time as well. Like he'd pulled in a couple, like at that time, I think he just pulled in a mil in revenue. And I was like, man, this kid's doing stuff. Like what's stopping me doing it? And I was like, that was a big influence on me as well. And I was like, okay, what can I, like, this is crazy if I could do this and all it's going to take is blah, blah, blah. And so I sort of just like reverse engineered it and I was like, okay. So Josh, Um, um, early days you uh, ran a crowdfunding campaign. Was that in order to finance the formulation, the branding, the distribute, all that kind of stuff? Yeah. At the time it was just for um, the formula. So it was pretty expensive. We didn't realize at the time, like a lot of things, but I, I think we needed to raise thirty thirty $30,000 yeah, off our first run. And that covers like all the testing, everything. And so like, obviously you didn't realize, you know, usually just pay for the unit, but we had like testing to cover, licensing to cover everything. So it like boosted it up super high. And so, yeah, we did a crowdfunding campaign, got featured in the news, which was really cool. Got a lot of publicity at the time and a lot of my friends. And obviously, as you're saying before, like a lot of people knew me at that time. Like I'm, I'm pretty well connected on the coast. And so the, the word spread and a lot of people ordered and that's sort of, yeah, how we got funded was just purely... How much did you raise? 30 grand? We didn't raise all 30. Nah, we raised, I think it was like a third of, I think we raised like nearly 10. It was pretty like, yeah, it was a hard, hard run. That's when I was like, man, is this even going to work? And I was sort of like getting super demotivated and was like, oh, this is so much effort. Like, and obviously I was having a mental game with myself. Um, I was like, is this even worth it? Like, you know, what am I trying to do? Is this too big for me? And then... um yeah, my grandmother, she sort of was like, all right, I'll finish this off for you. So we've been, yeah, had had funding from my grandma, so she helped out with that, which I'm super grateful for. Now, Josh, have you paid her back? 
Uh, yeah, we're, <laughs> yeah, I, I know, I know what family like, yeah, financials can get like, but yeah, yeah, we're paying it good back. Good man, yeah. good man. I want to break this down. So we've got a formula, we've got a name. Yes. You yes. have just got the one skew, the one stock keeping unit, which is a hundred gram tube. Why? How did you go about it? Because I know even just choosing the vessel that's going to dispense your product <laughs> can be quite mm. complicated. You could have gone for a bottle, yeah. a pump, a tube. There's different shapes and sizes. Why? did you arrive on the tube that you did, which is essentially, I guess, for those um, playing at home, it's sort of like a big, a, a larger version of a, a toothpaste tube is what Seagull Milk comes yeah. in right now. Why did you yes. arrive at that? Purely because we did a bit of research. We realised that one of them, which makes no sense at all, but for me, logically, I was like, this is the one. It was because on aeroplanes, you can carry 100 gram tubes without like them taking it off you. <laughs> <laughs> So I was like, man, we're doing 100 gram tubes. Um, but on top of that, like, obviously, if you get more big, like, we had the option, I think we can do like pump packs and stuff. And for us, we're like, man, that, like, the order quantity goes like lower, but the cost is still like high because, it, you know, obviously you're choosing bulk, but it's still pretty high. And we were like, okay, you know, we want to build out brand awareness. You know, we want to have stuff we can actually sell, not just like big pumps. Like, we wanted to, make the proof of concept really well because at the stage no one had bought like it was just an idea like legit I was just selling an idea of like a natural or a healthy you know alternative to like slippery greasy sunscreen that people hated and so it was just an idea at this stage and um I was like okay we got to stick with 100 grams at that point we were like okay this is going to work financially for us so we sort of stuck with it who did the branding how'd you get that done yeah that was all me the whole tube, I designed it all. Yeah, I drew it up. Um, the, even, could, the, even the seagull? I, yeah, I drew the seagull at the start and then we went on Upwork, got it outsourced. But the whole tube design, yeah, I designed it all by myself, the whole uh, thing, and then we just professionally got it done on Upwork. So all the text and everything, which uh, is actually something missing on there, but it's all good. Like, it's just little mistakes, just a part of the story. But, you know, it was all... All done by me. I had to. Had to. I had a. I'm very creative like that. I love designing stuff. So for me, I was like, okay, I want to. I want to do this, and yeah, that's sort of how it started. Trying to keep costs low as well. So, have you managed to maintain your creativity despite now running a business where you kind of got to jump from finance to legals to branding yeah. to customer service? Have you? Has your creativity suffered or blossomed? There's been periods. I think. For me, like the, obviously like anyone, you go through dips and highs and lows and places where you're inspired and places where you're in the in the growing stage. And so for me, it's sort of been up and down. There'll be times where I'm just like super frustrated, like back when it was first starting, I'm like, man, I wish this was just big. Like, what am I doing wrong? Like just a desire to grow. Like I just wanted to grow and I was like, what it's gonna, what's it going to take? And like, I had no idea about financials, like I knew margins and all that sort of stuff, but, you know, marketing and I didn't know all this sort of stuff. Like I was just like going off like organic reach and, um, you know, creativity is sort of like, okay, what am I going to do to get that organic reach? And like, you're trying to think outside the box and being like a two man team at the time, which just my mum and myself and my cousin, Peter, who was helping with it and stuff. We were like, yeah, we were very drained at the time and to run like that with school and everything, it's super hard, but I love challenging myself. I love putting myself out of my comfort zone, as you probably tell, and throwing myself in the deep end and just like, you figure it out. And I'm so, I'm, I was like, okay, I've committed to this. My mindset's like long-term, all right, what are we gonna do? Just get over it, Josh, stop thinking about now. Like, you know, just get in the mind space and then do what you do.
there's a, there is a saying that says the magic happens outside of your comfort zone. Is that true? Yeah. Can you give an example of where you've looked, maybe you've got something ahead or maybe you've just been through a particular process in the business where you you know, looking at it, you've gone, man, this is going to take me so far out of my knowledge base. And- <laughs> yeah, there's been a couple of them. Um, not going to lie. But yeah, I mean, when you throw yourself in the deep end, you have to grow. You're like forced to grow. And so for me, one of my biggest things, and I've heard from numerous people, but I live by it as well, is like, you know, if you focus on the reward too much, you can get caught up. And like, if you don't meet it, you get super bummed. Like, and I've found myself doing that. But if you get caught up in the process and like, all right, I'm just going to better myself like every single day and I'm going to throw myself in here and, you know, I have no idea about marketing and who cares? Like, I'm just going to, as long as I'm like getting better at it, I just wanted to dominate in every area of business. A lot of people like doubted me at the start. I was like, you know, obviously you have to have a team and I'm really big about team, but I'm just like, I want to know everything like about business, like marketing, just finances, like design, everything. I just want to be across the board, like above, above average in every element. So if it does need to be done, I can just go bam straight into it rather than get making excuses like, oh, I don't know that, like, you know, and then the business suffers. So... Okay, so we've got a formula, we've got a product, we've got packaging, we've got a name, we've got all that going on. You start a website, you've you got a little e-commerce play happening there where you can buy Seagull Milk on Josh's website for $24.95. We'll talk about pricing in a minute, but you've also, you're also wholesaling uh, yes. to various places around Australia, which are listed on your website. How have you gone about getting distribution? At the start, just cold calls. You know, if you've yeah, listened to me long enough, I'm just sort of the real simple guy. Like, just make a phone call, like, you know. To who? Oh, to the store. I would just ask for the store manager and I was like, hey, like, obviously they were independent stores. It wasn't like a big Woolworths or something at the time. Um, and I was like, okay, you know, can I speak to the store manager? Being like 15, 16 at the time, you get a big, cut, like, cut through rate. And so I was told them my story, who I was, and they were like, let's get you in. And so that worked really well at the time because being young you're so open to like the world people are wanting to help you so and it's still the same now but just not as much um but yeah at the start it was just phone calls making heaps of phone calls making big databases you know googling all the health food stores around the gold coast brisbane everywhere you know everything and so humble beginnings that's how we started out and now it's become more of like a we've done ads in these like blockade wholesale order booklet things and so we can get uh inquiries from them and then we get their whole database and we're just calling them as well i'm really big for like phone calls because you're not in front of the person but you can still hear them and you know i've like sort of listened to a lot of people and got their knowledge of like you know understanding how that's hawking and like what their pain points and all that sort of marketing stuff are and can sort of get them across the line let's um i'm interested in the first 30 seconds of one of these phone calls because that'd be tough uh, you're cold calling mm. no one with all respect knows your brand you know it's not exactly. like this. okay you're new, you're still relatively new to this so yeah. okay uh i'm an independent pharmacist chemist yeah you've called me off you go. Okay, so I'm like, hey Tim, how are you? I'm good, man. That's good. Hey, it's um, my name's Josh. I'm from Seagull Milk. Um, actually, a 17 year old entrepreneur from the Gold Coast. Um, I just googled your store on 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 Google, and um, I just saw that you guys were selling, you know, health conscious um, products. And I thought, you know, why not? <laughs> Sorry, I'm sort of on the on the pump here. Um, and I'll just go along, basically, and I'll just tell them like, hey, like I think that 
you know, I would love to work with you guys. Um, I think you guys would be a great fit for our product. And I know that heaps of our customers are already going to your store. Um, and at that point of time, I, how I do the research is I, um, I'll either get customer inquiries from our store and say Beck invited us to go and speak to your store. And I'd say, hey, look, Beck's one of your customers. She actually contacted us and wanted to see a product in our store because she wants to save shipping prices on our website. You know, would you be, guys be interested? And then I'll take them through the next stages. That's majority of the time how it works. So, Can I give you an idea, which may or may not be a good one, but um, yeah, yeah. to avoid it making it a completely cold call, have you considered sending something to the pharmacist or to the, the buyer in this store ahead of time that's packaged up in a pretty cool way that, you know, it's not just a tube of your product in a in a satchel, but I don't know, making some kind of little song and dance, creating a bit of theatre around it. I don't know what that is. Is it a yeah. is it a seagull feather in an envelope and, you know, telling someone you're going to be calling them shortly as to why you've just sent this? Have you considered that? We have, yeah, like wow boxes. We've had that idea. It's like a, a wow box where you go ahead and you sort of make an impression before you even talk to them. I've sort of thought about that for the big boys, like the big, let's just say like a GoVita. I'm not sure if people are familiar with that, but it's just a big health conscious brand that like stems, it's like a Woolworths of like health food and like all flanneries or something like that. Because independent stores, like they're amazing, but we find that we convert really quite quickly over the phone. But for like a big store, obviously you got to get past the gatekeeper. It's a lot harder. So we, that's why we've saved like a lot of the big guys for up until now, because we're getting ready with like wow boxes and um, you, you know, all this sort of backend assets that we can send to them. That'll like make the experience a lot better rather than just a sell. Looking at your website, uh, distribution is right now um, limited to independent stores, health it stores, at the moment. pharmacies, etc. So, yeah, is, so is there a next is there a next step to get a chemist warehouse or a or a Woolworths or one of the big guys on board? And, and yeah. what's that look like? How, you got yeah. How do you do that? How we how we tell who we're going to target, like for stores, like B two B, is we obviously first look at our target or like our B two C clientele, like who are the people we're actually selling the products to? Because if we can identify that avatar, then we can figure out where they're shopping elsewhere. So, um, two of our biggest is the vegan clientele and like mums and bubs and like environmentalists, like three. But I count like vegans and environmentalists as sort of one. So we figure out like where would those vegans shop in? Like for most cases, it's like the Flannerys, the Govitas. Sometimes Woolworths, but Woolworths is pretty generic. Um, and like all these other, like whether they be independent stores or big stores, we sort of figure out, okay, what would be the strategy to get in there? And so another one is like mums and bubs. And we've just recently figured out that um, by law, ch- children have to wear sunscreen. Um, so they, you know, yeah, they're in a supply and demand situation. So if we can cut that and put our products there, and there's a huge art, like advertising campaign that we're going to do um, to those childcare centers because obviously you don't want to put chemicals on your kids. We've had like hundreds of parents say that to us, thousands of parents say that to us. And now it's like we've got this opportunity to be their sunscreen supplier for the kids. Awesome strategic partnership with like an ABC learning or something where you become exactly. the primary supplier of cream to them. And then all of a sudden the parents are saying, so, oh, I like that. So that's what, that's where our mindset is. I'm like, man, we can play big here. So I was talking about innovation before for the sunscreen. Now we're focusing on health, like um, very big on health, but still like innovation, but mainly health like that's our number one industry and obviously there's a lot of sunscreens in that but yeah we're going to dominate there has pricing been tough josh not at all not at all i mean we have like you know you have that 10 percent that are like oh it's too expensive but 
ultimately I'm like, hey, if it's too expensive, it's not for you then. Like, you know, if you're willing to pay for it. What's your formula for arriving at a price? So $24.95, we, it was more of a um, split testing thing we sort of did. We were like asking people um, around us, we're like, hey, if, if we launch this, what would you pay for it? And obviously you have a varying number, but we sort of skewed it between, um, you know, the average health conscious sunscreen and it's around like $30 to $25, um, depending because you've got like the whole dermatology approved, dermolo- I can't even say the word properly, but like those really high expensive, like $50, $60 sunscreens that only get like this much. And then you've got like the real commercial pub packs, Coles and Woolies, like big tubs for like a quarter of the price. So we were like, okay, that's the range we're sort of competing in. But of that, we're in the health spectrum. So we're like, okay, we're around that $25, $30 range. And so for us at the time, we're like, we don't want to go too premium. We want to sort of be like quite competitive so we just settled at 24.95 we're like okay and obviously margins in the back end all figured that sort of figured that out as well so we're like okay this will work for us it's good competitive price point and we think we'll we think we'll do well with it which we have so seagull milk is now two and a bit years old what are your mates saying now my mates um well i've cracked a few jokes with them like april fools i announced that i made a meal and everyone everyone was sort of like not even surprised they were like oh oh, okay, that's that's sick, like, congrats. Like, they weren't even surprised. It was, like, not even a question. And I was, like, sort of feeding my ego in a way. But um, I was, like, I was like, yeah, just having a joke with them. And they always ask me all the time, like, oh, what's your sales? Like, what are you doing? And I'm just, like, I can't even tell you about it. I'm crushing it. And they're just, like, it's, like, this really cool relationship. I just, like, play around with them. And there's a lot of kids, actually, in my grade back at school. Um, I live just across the road from my old school. So I see my friends like quite frequently and a lot of them have actually started businesses themselves so I'm really stoked yeah it's like sort of seeing um I don't know whether it's being like same with when I saw Will like you just see kids around you doing things and you're like man why aren't I doing this so I think that's sort of what they're getting a lot of them are thinking like that now they're asking me questions they're like what would you do and like you know if you know what business should I do or how can I start and like how do you do numbers and stuff so yeah it's been cool what can we expect in the coming 12 months? Josh, you're going to uh, launch additional SKUs or? You'll, you'll be, I'll let the, I'll let my actions determine that, but it's going to be cool. It's going to be cool. Like I've committed to myself because turning 18 in August. So I've, I've said to myself, Hey, like, you know, 18's my number that I'm going to, um, you know, that's when I'm switched on full time. Like I'm going to be finished, almost finishing up school going to have zero responsibility with school I'm going to be full-time in the business so next year I think it's going to be quite big for us because yeah the last two years I say it to everyone it's been more preparation and more like getting all this knowledge and information and like you know listening to people what are they doing finding out like all these little strategies and now it's going to be a matter of just putting it all together and like rushing forward with it and yeah so it's going to be really really cool especially with child cares and stuff you like that. have got an awesome ride ahead in saying that what do you need help with there's a lot of people listening plenty of yes. business owners who are probably really uh inspired by what you've done and you know many wish they'd probably started their businesses earlier what do you need what support do you need support man i mean firstly if anyone's interested like feel free to connect like i'm on linkedin and everything like that so if you ever need to like talk about stuff or want inspiration or like just need to run questions by feel free to li- reach out to me on LinkedIn it's just Joshua Apitz um, but 
I mean, any support is really appreciated. Like, well, let's let's make it real easy. Maybe there's someone listening who has an in to a Woolworths or a chemist warehouse or a, or a you know a strategic partner that they think would be suitable for you to pursue. Um, do you want to give an email out? Yeah, sure. Info i n f o at seagullmilk.com. Well, buddy, I hope there are people listening who can provide you some introductions because that'd be fantastic. Well done, mate. Yeah, You've awesome. inspired a generation. And um, I'm so glad you could come on here and, and share your story because I've loved chatting to you. My pleasure. Thank you. Appreciate it. How good is that young fella? Seriously, love it. If you can help him out in any way, please do. Go ahead and make contact with him via email or LinkedIn, and I'll put both those links in the show notes over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash 516. But let's see what we can do. Let's build that business for him. Now, here's what grabbed my attention from that chat with Josh. Attention grabber number one. If there are young people in your life, then please go out and encourage them to start a business. In fact, maybe suggest they identify a problem that they can't find an adequate solution to and then go ahead and create that solution via a new product or service. Great thing to do with a few mates over a non-alcoholic beer, I would suggest. (laughs) Attention grabber number two. I love the way Josh went about starting the business. He had no sunscreen knowledge, no product development knowledge, no business knowledge, yet he just rolled up his sleeves, probably his wetsuit, and got on with it. And attention grabber number three. I love how solid Josh's why is given his skin cancer affected family. If you're not clear on why you do what you do, then maybe watch Simon Sinek's TED Talk titled Start With Why. It's pretty bloody good. Well, that's what grabbed my attention. Whatever grabbed yours, head over to smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash 516 and leave a comment. Come on down. It's Timbo's Monster Prize Draw. Yes, indeed, doodly. It's time to reward another motivated listener for taking some serious marketing action. Today's winner is... Nicole Alexandra of the Art- Artisan Artesian. I think we'll go with Artisan Cookie brand, cookies.org. A-U, and that's cookies with a K. And here's what she had, young Nicole, had to say. Hi, Timbo. I am a full-time student, full-time chef, and full-time entrepreneur. Wow, you're busy. My boyfriend, Felix, religiously listens to your podcast whenever he's commuting. We run cookies.au, a small artisan-based bakery specializing in Australian and Japanese-flavored inspired cookies in Sydney. Japanese-inspired cookies. Hmm. My boyfriend has been summarising every episode of your podcast and we've been implementing every idea that works in our business. Thank you for that. One of the key ideas that we have implemented is following up with our customers for reviews and more importantly, acting on their feedback. They go on to become loyal customers and what's more, they become our brand ambassadors that we never had. That's a great tip, Nicole. Did you get that on my show? <laughs> well done to you. Thanks so much, Timbo. Keep doing what you do. You're a legend, she says. Cookies.au. Now, I've got to let you in on a secret. I went to their website. It was down. I went to their Instagram and there was a phone number on their Instagram profile, which I rang on numerous occasions and I 
just either went, it rang out or went to some weird answering machine and I didn't get a call back and I wanted to tell you that your website's down and then play it on the show. But anyway, that didn't happen. Hey, um, Nicole, for going to all that trouble and being an implementer, you have won a full range of live spirits valued at 500 bucks, $75 torsion bar voucher, Bonjoro license, vouchers for Sendal, vouchers for tradies, some Mr. Lee's Hong Kong beef noodles, promotion on the show and a backlink in the show notes. Well done to you. Everyone else, send me an email, tim at timreed.com.au. Share one idea that's working for you. If I read it out on air, you win. Well, that should almost do it, but not quite. Feel free to leave me your feedback over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash 516. You can also grab a copy of my book, The Boomerang Effect, which I think you will benefit from if you are into marketing. If you're loving what we do over here at Small Business Big Marketing's HQ, then you'll find 510, in fact, more than that, 515 more episodes on the Podcast One Australia app. Next time around, we catch up with Mark Fazio, who, along with his identical twin brother, who he tells me isn't as good looking, (laughs) figure that out, and a bunch of family members, they're Italian, run a telco, yeah, like a big telco called Mate. It's a great story. If you're getting value from listening, then please let other business owners know about the Small Business Big Marketing Podcast, which was presented by me, Timbo Reid, and secretly put together by a bunch of A-list celebrities over at Podcast One Australia. Until next time, thanks for tuning in. May your marketing be the absolute best marketing. Bye for now.